Ladies and gentlemen, sit back, relax, and buckle your seatbelts. It's time for your weekly ride along with the Bikes on Bikes. This is Drive By. Welcome, welcome. I am Mike J. He is Mike Guess. We are the Mike's on Mike's. This is a drive-by wrestling podcast. And we're coming into how I want to say this. It's been a I mean it's been a super eventful week for pro wrestling, right? Yeah. I mean, last last week we got to talk about Sting and Impact. Like, let's be real. When was the last time we talked about Impact? We've never talked about Impact on this show. <laughs> uh, yeah, we've. I don't believe we've ever talked about Impact. Uh, I'm literally racking my brain and I can't think of one time. But we had a reason. And I think we'll probably get into that a little bit later. But I also think that it's fair to say that Good or bad, having a reason to talk about multiple wrestling promotions is like a great thing. Whether that's a, a whether there's a good take or a bad take, we're talking about it. If that makes sense. And also, we got War Games, man, and I thought it was an absolutely fantastic show. What did you think, Mike? Yeah, I thought it was a pretty good show. Uh, very violent. Um. And kind of chaotic, I guess. Might be a more... Not bloody, gory violence like AEW does. But, you know, just pro wrestling violence. Kind of the more... The the kind that you and I probably gravitate more to now. Um, it was a, a... A train wreck in some spots. Uh, a car crash. Uh, I think War Games is... Probably one of the more fun types of uh, gimmick matches to uh, to take in. And I think that WWE has done a very good job with this. Um, if you don't look forward to war games every year, I don't know what to tell you about wrestling. Guy, yeah, and... I've, said before, you know, I prefer AEW to NXT, but, um, man, War Games is an unreal show every single year, and the Undisputed Era owned that now, like the Four Horsemen owned it back in the 90s. Yeah, and, and here's the thing, I, 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 I want to get into it, we got... A little bit of, or I got, I should say, our Twitter account. I got into it with uh, the cult of Brian Alvarez, not necessarily Brian Alvarez himself. Um, it was interesting. Uh, we'll talk about it. But before that, let's go to the winner of the drive-by podcast pickums for War Games. Drum roll, please. <laughs> It's very fitting for NXT. Uh, that was a segment this week as well. Uh, Mr. Brian Kohler, he's actually my cousin, um, won this week. 
four war games got 19 out of 29 this one was a weird one man no one scored a lot of points 29 total points 19 was the highest uh a lot of people picking wrong your former champion included i apologize for my failure and i will try to do better next time loser <laughs> so yeah war games uh great show Every match, in my opinion, delivered and bookending it the way they did with the women's and the men's. Um, I'm very happy there was no weird, like, undisputed turn, because I know that was probably on a lot of people's minds. I know it was on mine. I didn't think it was going to happen, but I did think it was, yeah, a possibility, right? Yep. And luckily it didn't, but I... You know, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the hell out of it. I watched the whole show. I didn't fall asleep. I didn't have to rewatch. Um, I think personally, WWE, say what you want about their TV product. I know that SmackDown's doing great. I know that Raw has moments, but there's still other moments that drag and aren't as good. I think NXT, for the most part, is 100% start to finish watchable hour one through hour two. Uh, I think there, I, I look at AEW kind of like I do a shorter version of raw. There's some things I like, there's some things I don't, you know what I mean? Um, some things that stand out more than others that are really fun. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it works for me. But I'm not the fanboy. Does that make sense? Yeah. That makes perfect sense to me. So, I think it's very, very good to have all of this wrestling and all of this stuff to talk about. But, like, you go in, and I'm trying to find Brian Alvarez, the, the, the comment that Brian Alvarez made and get into what people were saying, and I can't find it. But basically... He was bashing the booking in the women's war game. I'll just make it real simple. He's bashing the booking in the women's war game. And the fact that Raquel Gonzalez pinned Io Shirai. And the fact that the babyfaces had the advantage and then they took it away. And I'm sitting here like... um. It's pro wrestling and it's storytelling, is it not? And I actually thought that the... Did you see this match, Mike? I know you didn't watch all of War Games, but did yeah, you see the Women's War Games match? Yes, yes I did. Okay. So I really thought it was smart. I thought it was creative. That the baby faces had the advantage. And then, when it's time for Io to get in, they lock the damn cage and then they do everything they can to keep her out. Thereby, they nullify the advantage, and now the heels and baby faces are more on an even playing field. And they do, and I saw comments well, they're doing spots to make Raquel Gonzalez a monster. Yeah, uh, what's the problem with that? There, there is no problem with that. So the response that I actually got from Mr. Alvarez, uh, and I wish I found the tweet that I put out to him. I, I can't find it. I don't want to waste time. But he basically said that 
I'm an idiot. He sent a peanut, meaning that I have a peanut for a brain. Um, <laughs> yeah, so class guy, uh, because I said, what's wrong with the booking? What's wrong with telling a story? Apparently he doesn't like stories. Apparently that's not, um, you know, his cup of tea. Oh, I found it. He said, as far as NXT booking goes, this was an all-timer. And I said, so wait, champs are never to be pinned, like ever? Because, I mean, they have to eventually, right? Like, the champ got pinned after a brutal eight-person match. Please explain how this hurts anyone. It's because they were talking about how it makes the baby faces look weak and how... It's overbooked. It's a War Games match. They're supposed to be overbooked. Well, yeah. Have you ever watched a War Games match? I mean, good God. Good God. Let's just be happy <laughs> that WWE keeps it inside the War Games ring. And then, and then his also his other position is that because she pinned the champion, it's bullshit that they book it, so now she automatically gets a title shot, which they haven't said for one. And for two, I mean, isn't that pretty much how pro wrestling's worked? Like, I mean, as long as I can remember. Um, like, if you, yeah. pin, if you pin a champion, nine times out of ten you're going to probably get a shot at that title at some point in time in the very near future. As a matter of fact, I know that that was, was that not a stipulation on AEW recently? Yeah, <laughs> actually it was, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, you know, whatever. Mr. Alvarez, I I'm usually pretty, you know what? He can suck my dick. How about that? Straight up. <laughs> but anyway, let's uh let's get into uh the Fallout episode of NXT and then let's cross cross the streams and go over to uh the other show on Wednesday night and talk about that. How's that sound, Mike? Yeah, sure. Let's talk about some AEW Dynamite. What did they have going on this week after last week's big action? Well, let me tell you, Mike. Let me tell you. We open the show with uh, the Young Bucks. Oh, no, wait. This is last week. Uh, <laughs> uh, here we go. Okay. <laughs> the show. I'm going to be real. This was, like, not my favorite episode of, like... AEW ever, but it wasn't the worst episode of AEW ever. Well, it was a high, one of the highest rated episodes. Was it really? Yeah, 90, 950. They almost got a million, Mike. Almost. Which also led to a 900, I think. Oh, man. See, you're going to make me search it for my buddy Brian here. Uh, <laughs> uh, nine hundred and ninety-five thousand. So they were five thousand short. Um, NXT was six hundred and fifty-nine thousand, and this led to a tweet from Alvarez saying, "Uh, let's see. I hate to say it, but NXT is in the mud. He's such an asshole." <laughs> 
Are you uh, having issues with the iPhone today? Mm, I am not. Okay, just throwing that out there. My phone's acting weird while we're recording. Um, just, mm, just, it's probably the aliens. Just wanted to make sure it wasn't me. Anyway, so this was a pretty solid show. Um, so we open with um, the Young Bucks taking on the Hybrid 2. Um, look, man, I still hate the Hybrid 2, but Angelico, Angelico has a, a decent moveset. I'll give him that. Oh, man, I don't like them either, and I do want to say... And I'm, like, I'm trying, but, like, holy fuck. Like, they're so annoying. They're, like... And they don't... They don't look like wrestlers, dude. No, and the dude comes out doing that, like, weird fucking stupid dance he does. Like, mm-hmm. Like, what, like, what are you doing, dude? Like, no... No. Anyway, that cat caught a super stiff super kick, and then uh, took took the L. So, the Bucks pick up the win. Um, it was a really. Here's what I want to say. AEW tag matches are sometimes really hard for me to watch. This was a really cool. This is this is where I sound like a Jim Cornette. This was a really cool spot monkey uh, match, right? Mm, like, yeah, it was zero psychology, zero story. Literally, move after move after move after move after move. Match ends, which is cool to see because you're right. There's some cool moves. There's a cool move set for those two. Uh, the Young Bucks have a great moveset. It just doesn't, like, it doesn't do anything for me. It just, there's a, even if they put some pauses in there, they don't sell, they go from move to move. I don't understand. I mean, I don't want to say that. I get why that excites people, because it's nonstop, right? But, like, the, 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 pro wrestling fan in me that's watched wrestling for 30 plus years it just doesn't click with me man um you know what this match was dude this match was uh psychosis versus laparka to open up nitro okay yeah i can see that that was the whole point of this match to me, anyway, the best I can tell. So, after and I mean, that, I'm yeah, not, I'm not saying it was a bad match. It just, it just doesn't. I thought this was a pretty hot match to open the show with. Like, this is going to be one of those matches that gets the AEW type fans rowdy for the product. Yeah, totally, totally. Choice. So it did what it needed to do. It just, for me, it's just like. I don't know. It doesn't click for me. That's all. Yes. Um, that's true. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I get you. Um, after that, Sting came out. Uh, you know, did the old Stinger thing. The only thing that's for yeah. sure about Sting is that nothing's for sure. And he's here to, like, keep an eye on people. 
he had like a little moment where he's like, the more things change, the more they stay the same here on TNT. And then he points up at Darby Allen up in the rafters. And it's like... Yeah, so we're still forcing that, right? Yeah, so, yeah, we're still forcing this <laughs> Darby Allen is the new Sting thing. That is still a thing mm-hmm. that is happening, apparently. Uh, so, Sting also... Do you ever notice how every legend that comes back uh, to AEW has to immediately disrespect Cody Rhodes in some way? Have, yeah, that's fair. Have you put that's that totally together fair. yet? The like every legend that comes back in some way must immediately disrespect Cody Rhodes. I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. I don't know why Cody's booking it like this, but it is what it is. Um, after that, FTR defeated the Varsity Blondes. I thought this was a pretty good match. The Varsity Blondes, I think, have a lot of fucking potential. Um. Brian Pillman Jr. and uh, what's that dude's name? Cliff, Biff, something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't know what his name. I is. don't know. They're both really good. They've got a lot of potential and talent as a team. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing more of their work. I like both these guys a lot. And as we all know, I'm an FTR fan. This is a pretty solid match. Um, not without flaws. You know, it wasn't perfect, but. Um, I thought it was a good match. You know, it was a very good match. Mm-hmm. I I really like seeing Brian Pillman Jr. work just because of being a fan of his father. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, FTR, I, I enjoy a lot. Um, I don't think... I don't think it's possible for them to put a bad match on. <laughs> I think they'd really have to try or have some opponents that just don't work well with them. Uh and I think this was just, this was like a perfect middle of the road, like middle of the card, like tag match just to kind of showcase some new talent and let FTR get a win, get a win back 50, 50, right? 50, <laughs> 50. That's what you got to do. So FTR, um, they obviously pick up the win here. Um, so like we said already, they pick up the win. Uh, super tag team heavy for the first hour-ish of the show. Mm-hmm. Dustin Rhodes then defeats 10. Afterwards, I thought this was a pretty cool moment. Yeah, the Dark Order's out there, you know. Um. Uh, we also had an appearance by, um... Bailey's fiance during this match. Yeah, Aaron uh, Aaron Solo. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. That he was mm-hmm. in this segment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I saw him in it, and I did not know he was Bailey's fiance until later on. Um, so after Dustin Rhodes gets the win, uh, Evil Uno starts to talk. This. Man, how much more interesting is the Dark Order when Brody Lee's not around? I was going to ask you, where exactly is he? I don't know. I haven't seen him for weeks. Don't care. Didn't realize it till watching this week's episode and was like, holy shit, this group is way more entertaining when they just let Evil Uno be weird on the microphone and recruit people. So, 
I yeah, because here's the thing. I really enjoyed this segment as well. Um and I am someone who started out very anti evil Uno, right? Very much so. And I know we still I, I can still kinda laugh at the the idea of the rape cult, you know what I mean? Not that rape's yeah. funny, but you know what I mean. Uh that we kinda tossed around on here and the whole idea of Dark Order and this and that and the other. Uh he's really good on the mic for this style or this situation, I guess. Uh he looks way better dressed in a suit and his mask than his <laughs> his wrestling attire and a mask. And I really enjoyed what they were going for here. I also I don't know if you're gonna talk about it, so if you were, let's just jump to it. The Hangman Page segment with uh Jay Silver and the other guy, I can't remember his name. Oh, yeah, where they pop up out of nowhere from behind the bar. Because he doesn't have tag team partners for next week, and I know that they've been, like, courting him. And I the, the silver guy annoys the shit out of me. He's very... I think I probably feel about him the same way you do, Shotzi. Like, mm-hmm. I know he's really good in the ring, but goddamn, he's so over the top, it makes me want to throw something through my TV. Yeah, no, I get you. Um... But this segment, too, with Hangman Page, I I have to say something right now on air. I think I'm a fan of Dark Order. Yeah. They're coming along. They're an entertaining faction. Also, but, hold on. You didn't let me finish, man. You didn't even let me finish. Okay. The most entertaining it's, it's thing sh- they did. It's your time. The most entertaining thing they did. Uno asked. Dustin Rhodes, first of all, called him the third most important Rhodes. Which was fantastic. And then asked him to join the Dark Order and become their seven. Yes. <laughs> Which, Which is caught me off a WCW for a reference I'm totally good with. For like a half second, I was like, there's like ten of these motherfuckers. Do they not already have a number seven? And then it was like, oh, that's right. Oh, wow, what an amazing <laughs> reference this was. Yep. Holy shit. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed this whole segment. I enjoyed Dark Order. Uh, total, start to finish, probably for the first time in a, in, in maybe ever. And you are totally right, man. When Brody Lee isn't there... At least, I will say at least since his inception, because, I mean, he's been there. Since he came in as the leader of Dark Order, he's been there until the most recent time where he hasn't, after he lost the title, right? And it almost seems like the whole dynamic of the group has shifted, and it's way better. Yes, like, it's way better. They're like, they're like a creepy comedy act. Yeah, and Which it is works so, so much, much more entertaining than it's than a creepy rape act. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It really is. Uh, so, um, then we had a Shaq interview. It was Shaq and Brandy being interviewed by uh, Tony Schiavone. Um, 
I don't know what the fuck they're building to with this. I <laughs> if it's Brandy and Cody versus Shaq and Jade or just Brandy versus Jade with the guys in the corner. I I don't know. I don't get the point of this. I'm not a fan of it so far. So let's see what's happening there. Um, fun fact. I do know a girl that in real life hates this Jade person. Oh, well, okay. Yeah, uh-huh. Um, I'll tell you about it off the air. It's a really interesting story <laughs> that doesn't need to be shared with our listening audience. Oh, well, now I'm really interested. <laughs> yeah. Um, so after uh, that terrible interview segment, in which Tony Schiavone was trying his best in the world, but, you know, doesn't always work, um, yeah, it was pretty bad. We did have, uh, thankfully, the inner circle has decided to stay together in another humorous segment. I did enjoy with that. I like how MJF, like, uh, uh, Jericho calls him Max. I love it. It cracks me up. Uh, Max. And I like how he was like, no, I wasn't going to throw the towel in. And, and Jericho's like, Max, we've gone over this before. We all watch Dynamite. <laughs> like, hmm. like, like, we all know <laughs> what happens on the show, man. And that I found just like very fucking humorous. I think that all these guys together have like a really great like uh, comedy chemistry. Um, do I miss when the Inner Circle was a badass group of guys? Yes. Am I finding what they're doing right now way more entertaining? Uh-huh. It's kind of like how I feel about Childish Gambino. Do I miss when Childish Gambino was just an amazing rapper? Yes. Is him as an actor and this, like, weird, awesome musician, human being person, like, more entertaining? Of course it is. But, you know, every now and again, I just want to hear the motherfucker rap. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't cover promos, so Inner Circle, watch it, great shit. Uh, the Butcher the Blade and Eddie Kingston defeated Lance Archer and the Lucha Bros. They sold that. I uh, skipped this match. They sold that um, Penta got injured, so they were essentially down a man. And uh, Butcher Blade and Eddie Kingston pick up the win to continue this storyline. Because that's what you have to do. Ray Phoenix is a fucking gem. Let me just say that. I would watch Ray Phoenix wrestle Bill Goldberg and would not complain about it. Um, <laughs> after that, Abaddon defeated some chick. Cool. Um, Sheeta had to come out and stop Abaddon from pummeling said chick. And then Abaddon did some Undertaker stuff. And That brings us to Kenny Omega appearing live. Mike. Did you watch Impact Wrestling? Don't have access. Did you watch the Kenny Omega highlight from Impact Wrestling? I did not. Um, I really wanted to, and then by the time by the time I was done with work on Wednesday, I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna see it on Dynamites. So I didn't bother. Okay, well, they didn't play it on Dynamite, so... 
No, they did not. Um, apparently Kenny Omega wants titles everywhere. That's basically it. Okay. So, is he so, be, I, so, did you watch the Impact one? That's basically the gist of it, man. Well, I was going to say, because I heard that the one on Dynamite was pretty much what was said on Impact as well. Eh, um, eh, it was, I don't know if but that's on true. Impact, I saw a little Impact, bit of hate because of that. And on Impact, they specifically made a point to say, Kenny Omega wants titles all over the world. Okay. Okay. Um. Okay. Um. So last week we said, why can't it ever be cool wrestling shit? Right. I'm starting to think maybe we're headed in the cool wrestling shit direction. I am too, man. It really looks like, and this is just, I'm not going to say it looks like. You're telling me Kenny Omega wants titles all over the world, and you say it to me on Impact mm-hmm. Wrestling, right? Mm-hmm. So, and this is just a feeling. Um... I think I think they're trying to recreate the territories. I've heard people kind of toss that around and it seems um, that they're going to use the AEW title as the new NWA title. Right, right. Everyone's got their own belt and then there was the NWA title who was the overarching champion of all the territories. And it feels like maybe we're headed towards a direction like that, which, let's be real, with the rise of, like, internet wrestling and how you can watch wrestling pretty much anywhere now, that's a fucking great idea. I think it has potential to be amazing. Um, If it's... I have a... I have a, my, my hiccup is what, like, how do I want to say this? Cause I don't know how they're going to do it. Like if, if it's, if it's Omega and mostly Omega, I mean, I guess, but like you have to have all these companies, all these, uh, workers, wrestlers, whatever. Everyone has to play nice. You know what I mean? Uh, if a booking doesn't go one way or the other, like who's going to be in charge of that? Does that make sense? Like how, and how does it hurt? What if someone gets injured? I like as cool as it is. It's also one of those things like there's a reason the territories aren't here anymore. I know like you could say, well, it's Vince McMahon. Yeah, I guess. But also everything evolves for a reason. So it has to work. They have to fi- hopefully have a way figured out to make this work where everybody benefits. Does that make sense? Yes, exactly. Everybody has to benefit from it. Everybody. Um, I am really excited, though, about it. 
just going to get that one out of the way. I'm really excited about it. Sorry for the yawning today, everybody. I am exhausted. Like, I feel like I've slept maybe like 12 hours this whole week. <laughs> it's a good, good, good work week, right? I was back from vacation, so I feel your pain. Hmm. And then, uh, so after Kenny Omega, uh, he comes out and he, um, I want to stress that Kenny, by God, Omega, is a fucking phenomenal line. Um, Don Callis, still got it. The dude can spin gold with a microphone. Um, they don't really say much. Um... You know, nothing's really said. So I really, uh, I thought Callus was fantastic. Callus was amazing, segment. but like neither I'm fucking. Said and I've anything. always liked him, so it doesn't. Yeah, I've always me. been a Callus fan, um, but nothing was really said. They're drawing it out still a little bit. So yeah, clearly, clearly, I like that. And then uh, the main event: MJF defeated Orange Cassidy to retain the Dynamite Diamond Ring match in the Dynamite the Dynamite. Dynamite diamond ring. So, uh, <laughs> Say that MJF will be able to maintain this gimmick moving forward for the next year, which I think really helps him out a lot. Um, it's done a lot for him over the last year. I saw some people complaining about it. But, oh, blah, 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 why are you just giving him this stupid gimmick instead of putting a title on him? Guys, this is a title. Titles are stupid gimmicks. A ring is Man, a title. When they give you a ring like this all... that you have to defend to keep, it's a title. Shut the fuck up. He's the top heel in the yeah, company hey, still. Get over I, it. I, I want to. I want to. I want to hurt some people's feelings right now. But hey, 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 everybody! In case you didn't know, title belts are props, guys. Yeah. Yeah, the fucking props. It's a gimmick. <laughs> and that's dynamite. So the title diamond ring. Yeah. That's dynamite for this week, man. What happened on the other? Yeah, team? I, I, uh, well, I will, I will get into that. I will say I watched most of this uh, dynamite as much as I could get in before our recording. Um, yeah, man, I feel like there was some stuff I really enjoyed on this episode. Mostly the Dark Order stuff, everything they were involved in. Um, said I, I wanted to like that opening tag match. It just kind of. It was cool. It just didn't click with me. Um, I'm just shocked at how much I'm liking the Dark Order right now. Uh, it was a it was a raw level episode AEW for me. I'll put it at that uh, kind of a notice. It was good, not great, entertaining, not knock my socks off. Um, let's go to a quick break right now. Hear from a couple of our friends, and then when we come back. I like how we like flipped it and reversed it. Maybe I should play Missy Elliott. Uh, we'll do NXT and finish out this uh, episode of Drive by Hank tight. We will be right back. All right, Lord Ketchum, what's your favorite line from a Star Wars movie? Man, why, why you gotta put me on the spot like that, man? No, time? come on, tell me a line from your favorite Star Wars movie. <laughs> Yeah. Quick, quick. Use it doesn't balls. matter Use what your balls. favorite line from a Star Wars movie is. It is. It does. It isn't. Guys, pull over. Well, hey there. We were so busy arguing that we almost passed right by you. Hey, you like movies, don't you? No, wait, wait. You love movies, right? 
Why don't you join me, the Lord Ketchum? And me, Dave King of the Road. And me, the Mayor Matt Lawson, every other Tuesday. <laughs> typically every other Tuesday. Yeah, okay, so join us typically every other Tuesday on Nostalgia Highway, the movies you know from the guys you don't, the No Frills Movie Review Podcast. We bring our own unique and in-depth analysis of your and our favorite movies from yesteryear. We may argue. We will f***ing cuss. We absolutely will spoil key scene reveals and plot points. Because we only review movies that are 15 years or older. Typically, we review movies that are 15 years or older. Yeah, typically. Hey, who's making the rules anyway? We better get a move on, fellas. I'm sure there's other hitchhikers that are wandering along the highway waiting for us. You're right. You can catch Nostalgia Highway typically every other Tuesday. On Apple and Google Podcasts. As well as Spotify, Breaker, and where all the other popular podcasts are. But you can also find us on Facebook at Nostalgia Highway Podcast, and our Twitter handle is at HighwayNHP. We'll pick you up next time, out on the highway. of the main program here, but um, I like to make dramatic entrances sometimes. So this is Daniel, host of the WID Pot Show, and I almost took my last ride. They wanted me gone, but I'm still here. Who are they? <laughs> That's something I can't disclose. But we talk about conspiracies like that on my show. Now, if you're interested in UFOs, government cover-ups, cryptozoology, magic, all the things that go bump in the night, listen live on YouTube at around noon for your midday mindfuck. Or you can find the show on the podcast apps on all of them. It's WID question mark podcast. You also can call my Skype line like Mike did. The brave one. And talk to well-known guests or share your own paranormal story. But be aware, sometimes it gets dark and disturbing. So are you ready to take this ride? I'll be waiting for you on the other side. Now back to the two mics on mics and the Drive-By Wrestling Podcast. Best show about professional sports entertainment. Yeah.
right, Mike, NXT this week, we're coming back from the fallout of War Games, which we touched on the top of the show. Lots of people out of action, uh, rather kayfabe or otherwise. But we open up with Finn Balor in the ring, or coming to the ring. I don't even remember at this point if he was already in the ring or if he had an entrance, but the Prince is back. The NXT champion is back. He's going to address some things. We're having New Year's Evil on January 6th. Okay. And this is going to be this is a this is a this is a Wednesday night if you don't have a calendar in front of you. So this is not a takeover. This is a one of their special one-offs we're doing here, which I really like them doing this. Um glad to see AEW starting to copy them with that. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to. Um, but no, NXT's Finn Balor, NXT champion in the ring, saying that he's, you know, things were chaotic. I was gone after this brutal takeover match, but uh, the champ's back, the prince is back, and everyone is going to, the business is going to go back to watching me, going back to his previous promo, which I loved. Um, and... He's basically saying if there's anyone in the back that wants to, you know, swim in these waters with me, and Pete Dunn comes out. Oh. And, uh, again, I don't want to go promo for promo, blow for blow in a promo, but as Pete Dunn's kind of stepping up to uh, Finn Balor, uh, Kyle O'Reilly comes out. And he's, like, basically saying, like, you know, dude, like, I know you beat me, but I took you to the limit. I broke your jaw. Like, we have unfinished business, and Finn shakes his head in agreement, and uh, then Damian Priest comes out, and he's kind of staking his claim, and then, as Priest is trying to walk to the ring, Scarlet comes out. Ho ho ho! And she's on the ramp, and she's, uh, you know, just kind of standing there to remind uh, Finn Balor that maybe TikTok time's up. The the NXT champ that never lost the title is ready to go. Uh, Damian Priest takes exception to this and tells Scarlett that maybe uh, he she should tell her man to pick his own fights. And, you know, we get the nice visual facial reactions that Scarlet is so good at. Um, and the segment kind of wraps up. Bleacher Report actually gave that a C plus, which shocks me. Uh, it was a good segment. Uh, the banter between the three in the ring before Damian Priest came out was pretty entertaining. And the fact that Damian Priest was cut off by a returning Scarlet. And, well, you know, where we go a little bit later... And that's a C plus. Come on, Bleacher Report. Again, your bias is showing. So then we get uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott versus Jake Atlas. Oh, by the way, sorry. Finn just kind of walked out and <laughs> said, you guys, you, you know, uh, it's William Regal's problem, not mine, to figure out who uh, I'll be defending this title. I'm sorry, I missed the point. New Year's Evil, he said he will be defending the title. Okay, so there we go. So then we get Isaiah Swerve Scott versus Jake Atlas. If you recall, Jake Atlas is pretty much looking like he's trying to make his uh, his comeback 
trying to get his wins back that he's kind of been on a downward slide. And he gets another one, man. He beats Swerve. Uh, he then puts his hand out to shake Swerve's hand after the match. And Swerve walks away with a look of disgust on his face. So I don't know if it's necessarily a heel turn for Swerve or just a... I'm not happy that I took a loss kind of deal. It'll be interesting to see where it goes, but we're definitely trying to get some wins under Atlas's belt, which I think is a good thing and clearly shows they're going to put him into something here soon. Uh, we then go to Grizzled Young Vets versus Imperium versus Everrise, which I kind of talked about last week, uh, how... That whole segment unfolded and how the kind of hilarity of Everrise's little promo, like, Everrise rules! And just the over-the-top ridiculousness of it. Um, it was fun, but this was, uh, again, poor Everrise being in there to <laughs> take the pin so that the Grizzled Young Vets could get the win and Imperium didn't get the pinfall. Uh, good mat, really good uh, six-man tag match or however you want to look at that three team tag match uh b plus by bleacher report i think that's probably fair we actually get a look back at war games uh they did like a retrospective um in a little video package uh all talking about how tough the match was how I did this, they did this, you know, that kind of thing. Again, you have to watch it. Did learn through this uh, match earlier, Pete Dunn actually said to Kyle O'Reilly, shouldn't you be at the hospital taking care of your buddy Bobby? Um, apparently, Robert Fish tore his tricep in the oh, War Games match. That's unfortunate. Um, yeah, he said he had to have it reattached. They actually cut to him in the hospital saying he got his tricep reattached. So I'm assuming... Uh, that it's going to be a while till we see him in action. I don't know how... I was. I always assume if they have to reattach it, it's a bad tear. But I know that sometimes that's not always the case, so hopefully he's not out super long. Um, then we go to Tomasa Ciampa versus Cameron Grimes. Uh, Ciampa's mission has been he wants to change the locker room atmosphere in NXT that it's been crap for a while and he's got to fix it. That was his whole deal with Thatcher. And Grimes is next on his list. During the match, Thatcher comes out and puts a chair on the ramp just like Champa was doing to him. And doesn't interfere, doesn't do anything. But one of his students actually comes out and tries to interfere. Uh, doesn't work out. Champ still wins. Or Champa still wins. And as he leaves the ring, they kind of stare each other down. And then Grimes got in Thatcher's face after Champ was gone, and Thatcher, you know, kicked his ass. So, <laughs> I, I don't know if we're building something with him and Grimes. I don't, I think we're really continuing this thatcher Champa story, but I think it might take a different turn than what we originally thought, which I'm kind of interested in. Um, and then, of course, some things happen with the student a little bit later on, uh, the student was Tyler Russ. That was one of Thatcher's guys that he was training. So it looked like he was trying to come out and make a name for himself. Thatcher claimed that he had nothing to do with it. And then later, uh, we see Malcolm Bivens telling uh, Tyler Russ, hey, I like the initiative. 
Uh, we need to, we need to talk and they walk off together. So something's going on there as well. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so Thatcher next, and Grimes um, is an interesting combination. What's that? I think Thatcher and Grimes is an interesting combination. It, it'll be a very interesting combination. And I like both guys for different reasons. Uh, I like Thatcher's different, unique in-ring style. And I really think Grimes is just an amazing res- pro wrestling character, which I think we're really running short on in 2020. So I'm all about it. Uh, then I actually kind of... Eat my own words here as we go into a Johnny Gargano, who I think is another great pro wrestling character. Um, maybe a little more wrestling than sports entertaining, and that's the difference. But Johnny Gargano, Candice LeRae, uh, bring out, of course, with them Austin Theory and Indy Hartwell. They're do a, what I thought was an absolutely amazing promo. Uh, Johnny on the mic was fantastic. Candace kind of playing along was fantastic and Indy and theory just trying almost looking like they're trying not to mess up in front of their, their mom and dad. You know what I mean? (laughs) Uh, It really worked. Uh, I think it sounds like they might be calling themselves the way, which fits in with the Gargano way. Um, I really like this Mike. Uh, you'll have to watch it and let me know what you think. I really like the promo. I like this grouping of people. I would even, as stated on an earlier show, wouldn't mind seeing it growing. Um, I love factions. <clears throat> and I don't think WWE has enough of them, to be honest. And I don't know how long Undisputed Era is staying in NXT, but we need a nice heel faction to kind of take a good run. And I like the inclusion of women. You know what I mean? That kind of adds to it. It's a little bit of a different twist. If you have multiple women, multiple men all teaming together to form one unit, I'm all for it, man. Yeah, that's... Obviously, we're all for it. That's one of, like, the best parts of wrestling is when things like that happen. Yeah, absolutely. We also got to see a video, uh, another one of those weird videos with Boa and Zia Lee and the old Chinese guy. It almost looks like, as I think Bad News Barrett said on commentary, he's not sure if they were training or being tortured. Um, This thing really has me intrigued. I'm really uh, looking forward to seeing what happens here. Oh, I'm sorry. I just completely skipped a part. I, I I left this off. See, this is why I read the reviews so I can see the things that I missed. While the Garganos were doing their promo, Mike, of course, Damien Priest comes back out uh, to address the situation, how he didn't win the North American title when Johnny did, and Karrion Cross came out and threw him through a table. All right, right on. Fuck yeah, Karrion Cross. <laughs> So okay. I guess he was going to pick his own fights. Yeah. Um, Should have kept your fucking mouth shut, huh? <laughs> yeah, keep your mouth shut. So this also led to another segment later because Leon Ruff is in the back and uh, Leon Ruff was supposed to have a tag match um, next week and I can't think of who it is. Let me see if it's in the notes here. Um, and this is supposed to be Leon Ruff and Damien Priest versus... 
uh, two people, and I can't think of who they were taking on, and I apologize for that, but it's being addressed that he won't have a tag team partner for next week after what happened to uh, Damian Priest via Karrion Cross, and Kushida comes up to him and says, you got, you need a partner, you got it, they uh, slap, or smack fists, and Damian, or I'm sorry, uh, Kushida will be filling in for Damian Priest next week, and I'm a terrible podcaster as I don't have who they are actually fighting. Uh, <laughs> I'm assuming, oh, I think it's actually Johnny Gargano and Austin Theory, but I could be wrong on that. No, I like that. That, that actually is pretty solid theory. Yeah, totally. I'm trying to look it up and see, but yeah, I'm I'm failing here. Anyway, so let's move on. We get Pete Dunn versus Killian Dane because also there was a lot of stuff that happened backstage, and it was all pretty much good stuff. Um, Dane and Priest got into it because, uh, of course, if you recall, Pete Dunn shut Killian Dane's head in a car door. Uh, <laughs> So Dane's back, and he had jumped Priest earlier uh, in the back, and so they made it a match. And, of course, um, this is going to lead to a really fun match, but, uh, again, no resolution, really. Um, Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch come out to interfere. Maverick runs out to uh, help his buddy Killian Dane. Um, he chases him off with a chair, and then he comes back to kind of show his support to Dane, and of course they sneak up behind him and start attacking him, and then Dane comes out and makes a save. But of course the distraction leads to Killian Dane getting hit with a bitter end, and we get the the pinfall uh, for the distraction finish. Um, good match though, good segment overall. Bleach Report gave it a B plus, and I think that's fair. And this led us to our main event, Mike. Raquel Gonzalez versus Ember Moon. Um, man... I'm really, really, really starting to dig Raquel Gonzalez. This woman has improved so much in such a short time. And I saw someone tweet, and I really can get behind this. Raquel Gonzalez is everything they wish they had in Nia Jax. Oh. Wow. She's big. She's strong. She's pretty. But she can move. You know what I mean? And she can wrestle, man. Yeah, that's... Wow. <laughs> man. So what does that make Tamina? Unemployed. Yep, I guess so. <laughs> Which is, actually, that's really rude to say and not going to happen because she sits at the table that Roman's ahead at, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so uh, the the main event, all in all, just a really good match between these two. Um, Bleach Report gave it an A-, minus. I'd probably give it an A. It... Uh, partially because of the match, and then just we're continuing to build feuds here with all these women. Um, she took a single-arm powerbomb. Uh, 
and, and you know ate the pin. But Tony came out, uh, was going to attack. Tony Storm came out, was going to attack Ember Moon, um, and Rhea Ripley came out to make the save. Actually, uh, earlier in the night, again, uh, Ember Moon came out and attacked Tony Storm because, if you recall, that's who she turned on. Um, so then Tony came out to get retribution, <laughs> I guess, on Ember Moon after the match. Ripley came out to make a save, and Ripley and Gonzalez staring at each other, and they said they still, uh, you know, they're not done with each other yet. So, and you know what, man? I'm okay with that, because these two in the ring, they were great last time. I think if they're given more time, and possibly even a gimmick, they could be even better. Uh, and by a gimmick, I mean like a cage match or something of that nature, right? So, yeah, man, sign me up. Give me something cool for these two to do at New Year's Evil or whenever you want to do it. Finally get... I mean, you have to imagine they're going to give that win to Gonzalez, right? Yeah. And if she pins Rhea Ripley and she pinned Io Shirai even in a crazy circus match like War Games, like, can we still argue about the fact that she shouldn't get a title match? Honestly, the NXT women's division is so like top heavy right now that it's like it's so top. It's you so could just stacked. Get, you could just give anyone a title match, really. <laughs> <laughs> Do they need? Are they at the point now where they need a, a mid card women's title? NXT probably for sure, but I think that you will see it. Uh, how should I put this? I feel like it's something they'll want to do on the main roster first. Even though I think the main I roster doesn't need it because of the division. I don't think the main roster needs it at all. I no. think. But I feel like I it's something they think want to do on the main roster first. I feel like, how do I want to say this and not, because I think all the women on the main roster are, some of them are fantastic, and I think all of them are very good, if, if that's a fair statement. Uh, of course, you have your outliers here. That, But I feel like, man, the, the, the meatiness. Like, okay, you know when you have a football team. Let's go into football here for a minute, Mike. When you have a football team, like, let's say Ohio State, okay? And you lose a bunch of people to the NFL draft, but Ohio State always says, we don't. We don't recruit or we don't rebuild or reload, right? Yeah. Because they just have people waiting on the sideline that are just as good, sometimes better than the people that they're coming in to replace. They need a few tweaks and they're ready to go. I feel like that's NXT's women's division and the main roster is more like the team that has to rebuild, right? Yeah. Like you have your top top, like your Sasha, your Bailey, of course... Uh, right now, um, you don't have Becky Lynch, but when you had her here, you got Oscar on the other channel, you know, on Raw, you know what I mean? Like, those are your three, in my opinion, top, top. And then underneath them, they're good, but like, for as far as like in ring work, they're not at that level. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just such a difference with NXT. It's just like, literally, like you said, like, any woman on that roster right now, it feels like, could be the NXT champion. Whereas 
if they really did put the one of the titles on Lana, people would lose their shit, right? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes, they would. <laughs> so, even though both rosters as a whole are very good, I feel like they're still a lot deeper on NXT. And it, you're, I, I don't think they... If they did a women's mid-card, 100%, it should be in NXT. But you're probably right. It would be on the main roster. Um, I feel like there was something else I wanted to get into with you, Mike. And, again, I'm back from vacation. Work was hell. It sounds like you have had a hell of a week. Uh, and it's it's just not popping into my head, man. I feel like there was something I wanted to get into. An argument that I got into. Oh, did you see... The Goldberg stuff? Um, yes. Yes, I did. So, did you see the stuff I sent you? Yeah, I did. I looked at all that. So, I got into a lot of Twitter arguments this week, which I do like to do. Um, Goldberg said on the bump that Roman was next, that he basically threw down saying that Roman dodged him and, you know, he stole his spear and he does it better than him anyway and don't let him think he's going to get away with it, that Roman's next. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whatever. Not excited about it. Let me start out by saying not excited about it. But then let me also say, when I see somebody that has Sting as their Twitter profile picture, tweet, quote tweet it with a picture of, I don't even know who it is in the meme, with a disgusted face saying, God, no, I just have to call out the hypocrisy, right? Well, of course. So then I get told, well, it's completely different. Sting's just helping AEW, and he's not going to take a title run, and this, that, and the other. So it's okay. It's still hypocrisy, man. And I also see the entire internet crying about how I can't believe Goldberg's going to win this title. And I just have to say this, man. Are these people watching a different wrestling show than me and you? Um, sometimes it really seems like it, doesn't it? Because, man, if, look, you said one time, I forget what the, what the statement was, but, oh, if Becky Lynch didn't attack Ric Flair, then you would eat a spider. Remember that? Mm-hmm. And she didn't attack Ric Flair, and they did it a different way. Yeah. And you didn't eat the spider. No, huh? I certainly wasn't eating a spider. I feel like we need to come up with something here. Something that we would legit do that's not necessarily super gross, but maybe extreme, like eat a hot pepper or something, do it on a live stream. I don't know. But, like, dude, Goldberg ain't beating Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. No. No. Not right now. Not this Roman. Like, like, I, the whole thing, and I saw people like, oh yeah, well he beat KO, and he beat The Fiend, and blah blah, it was all for Roman, you idiots! 
That's why all that shit happened. To build Brock, to build to Roman, right? Yeah, Roman was going to take the title from him. That's why Braun Strowman was the title holder for a while. Right. It all got derailed once because of cancer and once because of COVID. If you think that then now that they've got it all fixed, if if a Goldberg-Roman match happens, I think it would be at Rumble. People think it's WrestleMania and it's the worst thing ever. I don't care where it happens. I'm, I'm not defending it happening. I'm saying don't talk about this in a negative way with the profile picture of AEW Sting it's hypocrisy. I also think that you're insane if you think that Goldberg is going to beat Roman right now. Yeah. Because it's been the plan the whole time. This is a padded, uh, a, a stat padding win, right? This is just to give him the win he was supposed to get last WrestleMania. That's it. Over Goldberg. Exactly. <laughs> It's to give him that Goldberg win that he was supposed to get. Goldberg doesn't have to be the champion for this to happen. Roman's already the champ, right? Exactly. Could you do pro wrestling shit to get Goldberg that title? I guess. But why would you? Why? There's no need for that. You set something up. you, you, You make it happen. And you have a reason why Roman has to defend his title and his family honor against one Bill Goldberg. And then Roman kicks the shit out of him. It's not that fucking complicated. No, it's not. And people keep overcomplicating it. It's a real simple story. Roman's going to beat Goldberg. Like, it blows my mind that the internet wrestling community lost their shit for, what, five years about how much they hated Roman and how much they didn't want Roman here and they didn't want Roman there and blah, 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 and all this company cares about is Roman Reigns. And then when he has the Universal title, he's actually getting to portray a character that I would think most people would enjoy because he's knocking it out of the frickin' park. That they think that now, like... Now they're going to take the title off of him? Like you haven't paid attention to how much you complained about the plan being Roman for the last five years? So all of a sudden that's not the plan? It's the Uh, plan. Yeah. No, but you know, fans got to freak out. It it just, it cracks me up. The, I, I, I just... Literally, and then I had someone tell me that Go- that Roman, they hope that Goldberg beats him because Roman's boring. Roman's boring right now. I'm going to say this. You don't have to like Roman. Our friend Daniel at WID is not a Roman Reigns fan. But he has told me, I hate the guy. But the shit he's doing now is some of the best shit that's on TV right now. Some of so the best you, shit. You can not like Roman. That's fine. You know, uh, there's wrestlers that I don't like. There's wrestlers that everybody doesn't like. But you can't sit here and act like what he's doing right now is garbage. Because it isn't. And that's just you being a hater. Straight up, that's it. You're just hating. They're doing great work right now. 
Like outstanding I, work. Listen to any show of ours from a year ago, two years ago. I wasn't a Roman fan. So, like, you can evolve, you can grow, you can admit that they're doing good work right now. You don't have to be this fucking and, internet chode guy all the time. And on the contrary, I've always been a fan of Roman. I just didn't necessarily love the way he was booked. And right now, like, this is freaking outstanding. Mm-hmm. And... Like, so I'm super happy. And when I say I'm a Roman fan, I'm not like, he's not even my favorite guy. Does that make sense? But I'm a fan of his. I know, I know why they see him as the next John Cena. And I hated Cena for the longest time. And within the last five to six years, I had to realize that I was a moron. And that's what all you people are going to do that hate Roman Reigns, okay? You're going to realize that you don't know what you're talking about. And and that's not a bad thing. Like I said, I did it with John Cena. I couldn't stand the guy. I fucking hated the way they pushed him. I didn't. I was that internet mark, right? And yeah. then I I realized I'm dumb and he's one of the best things that ever happened to pro wrestling. And I still greatly miss him and wish he'd come back. So... To that, like, yeah, that's Roman, man. And the reactions that the internet gives clearly shows it. And it just, I don't know, man. If you think Roman's going to lose to Goldberg, you're not watching the same wrestling shows that me and Mike are. And I think we need to put our heads together and come up with something that if if Goldberg beats this Roman Reigns, Tribal Chief Roman Reigns, then, then we'll do something. Because <laughs> it ain't happening. I really will eat that spider. I'm not eating a spider, but yeah. <laughs> Something that you would actually do. Uh, you got anything else, Mike? Uh, no, nah, that's it. My brain's having a hard time working today. <laughs> My brain has a hard time working every day. Guys, I say it every single week. It's been real. It's been fun. We will catch you next time. You guys are beautiful. We love you. Have a great week. New episodes of Drive-By drop every Saturday on iTunes, Spotify, and the iHeartRadio app. Subscribe and make sure you never miss a single one. And keep the conversation going on Facebook at Drive-By Pod. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. This has been a presentation of the Near Fall Network.